Good morning. How is everybody this morning? Awake? Feeling good? In air conditioning? In cool air? It's so great to come together and have, it's like family meal time on Sunday, isn't it? Where we come together and we all get to eat. I'm sure there's been lots of studies done now on mealtime together as a family and how important that is to at least come together at least once a week and eat together. And basically that's what we're doing is we're coming together and we're having a family supper, family dinner, where we get to eat of the word of God and um, enjoy each other's fellowship, talk to each other, pray for each other, encourage each other. And it's just a good time. You know, I don't know about your family dinners growing up, but we kind of had some random things on our dinner table at times. My dad loved to hunt, and so we would have some really um, interesting meals. You know, sometimes you lift the lid on a pot on the stove, and you would find interesting things. I literally think one time there was squirrels inside of one, and I just put the lid back on down on that pot, you know, but we grew up with bear burgers, you know, we grew up with boar steaks, you know, we grew up with deer jerky and deer salami, all kinds of stuff. Even one time our friends, they had a whole bunch of chickens and guess what we got to do as kids, we got to go out with the adult supervision and take care of those chickens. The fact that we were going to pluck them kill kill them first and collect them and eat them. And I would never look at a chicken the same. You know, it's so grateful to go to the grocery store and they're already plucked for you. You know what I'm talking about? But one of the things we really enjoyed too as kids is my mom would plant a garden sometimes in the back and we would be able to go pick up the carrots and eat fresh carrots. There's nothing like a fresh vegetable, is there? I mean, tomatoes, the store has nothing on the tomatoes. I don't care if they say vine grown and they still have the vine attached to them when you get to Costco. They're not the same as those grown in the yard, are they? There's a little different, but we do, you know, in our society today, we get out of touch with our food, you know, and there's whole movements now to get us back in touch with our food. And, you know, we want to go from farm to table and we like the idea of eating at a restaurant. Yes, it's straight from the farm to the table, even though we have no idea what's going on at that farm, you know, but we like that concept because we're out of touch with the whole process and cycle of life. We're out of touch with the process of production. We're out out of touch with the process of growth. And I'm hoping by the bringing the word today, talking about seed time and investing into our harvest, that God would spiritually reconnect us back into that process, into that cycle, and that he would give us a fresh understanding. In regards to the kingdom, it's imperative that we begin to comprehend that Jesus spoke a lot about land, about sowing, the sower and the seed, the seeds and the birds, the weeds and the wheat. He went on to talk about a hidden treasure in a field that had to be discovered and unearthed. Jesus even spoke of his own life. What did he say? He said that a kernel of wheat abides alone by itself. But what happens if that seed fall into the ground and die? It brings forth much fruit, a lot of fruit. Now, this is not just a New Testament principle, but if we weave ourselves back into the Old Testament, we go back to the decree that God gave to Noah after the flood, where he reestablished, you know, there's something so new on the earth, in Noah's day, it was called rain, and after the flood, God says something, decrees something, in Genesis 8, 22, he says, as long as the earth endures seed time and harvest, cold 
and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. Well, will never. As long as the earth is around, these things will happen. How many have experienced some heat this week? And you're like, this is seasonal, it will change. Why can you believe that? Why can you hope for that? Because God said it in his word that the cold is coming. Winter is coming. I know that's a quote from something. Winter is coming. The summer and winter is coming. Day and night. How do you know that? You know, even in the darkness, you can know that it's only for a short season, a short time. So many hours and the darkness will be over and you will come into light. You will come into the day. I mean, it's a good thing to rest in God's word. And so we can rest in his word this morning that these are truths. As long as the earth endures, there's going to be a seed time and a harvest. So let's pray this morning. Lord, we thank you for your word. There's so much that I could share, but I pray that you'd really help me share what I should. Holy Spirit, be in this room to speak to our hearts and you can do what only you can do. I pray that you would raise up people that are like the sons of Issachar, according to Chronicles, where they were ones that understood the times and the seasons in which they lived. And you appointed 200 chiefs that had understanding of the season that they lived. And Lord, I pray that you'd raise up at least 200 from this morning's service. This is my prayer, that you'd raise up at least 200 from both these services that we had this morning that will say, God, that we will search out and understand the time and season in which we live and we will apply our hearts to wisdom. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. So here is such a promise of his word, Genesis 8, 22. God established the seasons. What season do you believe that you are in? Just think about it for a moment. What season? I look around, some of you, I'm like, oh, that's the baby season over there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Retirement season over here. You know, like, you, you know, what season? You know, oh, I feel like I'm in a winter season, even though it's summer. Maybe your life feels like everything's kind of dried out, kind of cold, you know, cold off. And it doesn't feel like it's flourishing in a sense. And you feel like something's got to go on deeper on the inside. I mean, what, where are you? But God spoke this. And, and you know, what's interesting is that we can't change it. We know, though, that seasons have a time limit. They have an end. This is so, so there's constant change and there's constant consistency. It's really an interesting dynamic, right? We're always looking for change, but then there's this consistent thing about it as well. And there's four things that, these four things will always happen, but only one of them we get to participate in. One of them is the seed time and the harvest. According to Ecclesiastes 3.1, it tells us there is a time, or to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. We know that from a song. <laughs> Verse 2 goes on to say, a time to plant and a time to harvest what has been planted. Now, I didn't come today to educate you on the seasons for planting fruits and veggies. I mean, I could have put up a chart, and believe me, I thought about it, putting up a chart of like, look at this, look at how they've organized it so you know which months to plant, which fruit, which veggies, and which months you'll be harvesting those veggies. But I'm not here to talk to you about natural harvest. I'm not here to talk about your carrots in your garden or your tomatoes. Please grow them, share them if you wish. We love them. And, but I'm here to speak 
to you about spiritual things, about spiritual harvest, that God instituted a law here that was spiritual in nature as well. And we find this as we pick up in Galatians 6, verses 7 through 10. It says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a person or a man sows, they shall also reap. For he that sows to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all people, all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith." Whoa, there we are. Here we bring the spiritual application of seed time and harvest. My first point today is what you sow matters. According to the word of God, according to the heart of God, what you sow in this life matters. What you sow in the earth matters. God is true to his word. You can count him faithful about his word. As long as the earth remains. Are you on earth? Some of you are like, maybe this morning I might be. (laughs) Depends on how much coffee you had, right? (laughs) Yes, you're on earth. Earth remains. There is seed time and harvest. Don't be deceived, it says. It starts off this scripture. In other words, there's there's a reason we could be deceived. We can begin to think otherwise. The possibility that we start to get off or think incorrectly about seed time and harvest, about sowing and reaping. There's a way that we can, you know, turn ourselves aside to an truth about harvest. And the Holy Spirit here is trying to direct our hearts and say, hey, don't be deceived. What you sow, what you put into this life, what you invest, there's a harvest coming out of it. Everyone will give an account of their life, the scripture says, and of their words. And sometimes, you guys, even as believers, we can take the long suffering of God and the patience of God because we don't see the immediate harvest, we can take that as acceptance and say, it's okay. (laughs) It's okay when I'm doing, it's okay when I'm saying not really any impact here. But the Lord tells us, don't be deceived. You're going to reap what you've been sowing. We think sometimes our fleshly indulgences are no big deal. And God's saying here in his word, they are a big deal. You will reap corruption. If you keep sowing to the flesh, if you sow after the flesh. So we live in a constant state that investing in one of two realms. Uh Uh-oh. We can either sow to the flesh or sow to the spirit. You're sowing whether you want to or not. You know that? You're investing whether you want to or not. Your life, your actions, your words. You're sowing somewhere. Where is it? Is it the spirit or is it the flesh? What are you giving into? What are you depositing it into? The things of the flesh, it says, have the, the end result is corruption. In other words, they have no lasting end. It's moral decay. Anything decayed is gross, okay? Just let's be real. If you don't believe me, let a little rat die in your wall. It's bad. It's really bad. Just going to warn you. It's not good. But if we sow into the things of the spirit, what the result is, is so long lasting. It says it's everlasting. Yeah. 
It's not given to decay. God, what he wants you to do is to deposit things in this world, in this life that lasts forever. And not just temporary. That's so powerful that it's going to be life eternal, life everlasting. This is God's nature. It's in a life that has no end. And so you're investing, you're depositing into a life that keeps on giving, keeps on going, keeps on going. When you invest into the flesh, it's short term. It's quick. It's over. It's going to die. It's corruption. It's over. Where would you like to invest? Everybody say spirit, right? Are you with me this morning? So you're in this. The harvest you reap reveals the seeds that you planted. Some of us wait around for blessing. We're like, God, why can't I be blessed? Wow. I mean, look around. We think, oh, them, wow, them in the back row, they're super blessed. I can't wait. I can't, I can't wait to be blessed like them. Where's the blessing, God? I, I want it. And, and we think, oh my gosh, look at their relationship. That's so amazing. I want something like that's going to fall in my lap. Or, oh, their intimacy with Jesus, their connection with Jesus. That's, someday that's going to happen to me. And we think that it's because of blessing. But I would like to suggest to you this morning what you may think is favor in someone's life may actually be their harvest. What they've sown into. The reason their marriage is like that is because they've invested in each other. The reason their business is successful is because they went to work and got a degree and labored day and night to get to where they are now. And now they are fruitful in their finances. Come on, guys. It didn't just fall into the lap. Some of us are waiting. I wait for my ship to come in, but your ship isn't coming. And I'm here to tell you because you never sent a ship out. (laughs) (laughs) Or you keep sowing the wrong kind of seed, seeds of corruption, seeds of death. And you think by sowing the tomato seeds, you're going to get an apple tree. And you're like, what is wrong? I keep sowing and sowing. I'm waiting for my tree to come up. And this little plant keeps coming up because you're confused about what you're sowing. We expect different results. We expect God to supernaturally change things around. He's a supernatural God. Can he just take what I... Oh, no, he says, this is a law that will remain. Seed time and harvest. What kind of harvest do you want? Then sow accordingly to what you want. We need to stop planting weeds and thistles in our lives and expect them to transform into some life-giving substance. For example, you can't sow disengagement and distance and disrespect into your marriage and expect connection and intimacy. You can't sit on the sofa all day as a spouse and ignore your spouse in the kitchen and ignore them while they do labor and you're focused on Netflix and you don't turn to the left hand or right. You don't say hello. You don't say goodbye. You don't give a hug. You don't even help with the dishes. Come on. And you expect... For you to have some great intimacy and connection. (laughs) Do not be deceived. (laughs) I'm praying and I've been praying for a shift in our hearts to take place so we can cultivate the things that have eternal value. The field is prepared, guys. The ground is tilled. 
It's ready to receive seed. And imagine I have this bag over my shoulder of my seed and I'm ready. I got my harvest bag ready. I'm ready to plant seed. And I go out into this field that's prepared, the ground. I mean, it's all laid open for me. It's ready for that seed. And I take and I start throwing in some thistles. (laughs) And I start throwing in some weed seed. Not the weed you're thinking of. Okay. (laughs) Guys. I saw that on your faces. I started throwing in (laughs) some crabgrass. All right, let's get specific. I started throwing in some things we don't want. (laughs) You would think that would be ridiculous, wouldn't you? Why would you do that in a prepared field? We wouldn't do that because we know the seed will produce a harvest. And we don't want a harvest of crabgrass. We don't want a harvest of thistle. We don't want a harvest of weeds. We want a harvest of life. You want a visit from God? How many of you want a visit from God? I always want a visit from God. I mean, if you don't have your hand raised, I mean, slap the person next to you and raise it for them. I mean, just, you know, like, (laughs) what's wrong with you? Raise that hand. Put both up. You know, come on. I, I want a visit from God. I want God to speak to me. We look at Cornelius in the scripture, and he has this incredible visitation on his house, but it happens because he started something in seed form. It was called prayer and giving, financially giving. He gave to the Lord, and he prayed. Nobody was watching. Nobody was seeing. He was seeding into his relationship with God. He was dropping seeds into his relationship, and guess what happened? God says, I see that as a memorial is coming up before me. I see what you're planting in the earth. I see what you're planting in your heart. I see what you're planning in our relationship. And God says, I'm coming to visit you sovereignly. I'm going to come visit you. And he sends angels to go tell Peter to get on over to his house. And there's a sovereign outpouring, unprecedented outpouring on the Gentiles' house. Nobody's even ever seen a move of God like this. How did that come about? Was he just a favored man? Just a blessed man? No, the scripture tells us he deposited seeds of prayer. He deposited seeds of finance. And God's like, that's my heart right there. I'm a giver. Oh, I'm a giver. I'm about to visit you. I'm about to give back to you. Good measure. (laughs) Shaking together, pressed down, shaking together, and running over. Sow your seed. The future, you guys, is in the seed that we sow. Put up that picture of the the church, if you can. Oh, yeah, can you see that? That's our land. You are sitting on that land. I love this picture. This, you're looking towards Costco. You don't see Costco, right? No, you don't. (laughs) You, when I get to me about this picture, you don't even see a tree. Talk about, you know, seeds, you know, to be deposited and the change that will happen when you deposit in the ground and the earth. But I love this and their challenge that they had out and the future was in the seed because they say here, you can help just your $2. (laughs) Such a small thing. Seeds can seem so small. Your $2 donated to Church Extension Fellowship today will build a church where the Pentecostal testimony can be brought to this needy community. This is the challenge. I don't have the whole picture up there, but it shows our plot of land. You see the streets. You see where we are, the community that they're going to build. They had vision to sow into the purpose. They said, the seed is the future. I will sow. I will deposit into the future of this land. 
And they called the beginning, the people that were here in the very beginning. They said, hey, you guys, who wants to invest? Who wants to deposit a seed? It may seem like a little thing, but boy, the future is great. And here you are today because someone took a seed and dropped it into the ground. What you sow matters. We have to get vision today, fresh vision, to see the seed becoming something great in the earth. The smallest deposit can make the biggest difference. Second point today is you always harvest later than you sow. Okay, okay, okay. This one's the challenge. Because, I mean, I'm with you guys. I'm like, can we just, you know, drop it in? Or tomorrow see it come to fruition. I mean, Caleb has planted this avocado seed, I mean, thing. <laughs> it was a pit. Let me, let, me just say, let me just say this. It was from an actual avocado that he took that pit and he grew, with, and it began to grow, you know, roots and, and leaves. And, and now it's planted in our backyard. It's taller than I am. Whoa. But there's no fruit yet. <laughs> okay. I think it's, he said, I think it's seven years, right? For avocado tree to bear fruit, but we're waiting in expectation for fruit to come. How many of my, our harvest of the avocado was not the next day or four years later, it's still there, not there. <laughs> we sow our seed and then wait for it. Silence, nothing. How disappointing can that seem where you sow seed and it feels like nothing? You don't even see the seed anymore. Oh. <laughs> when you plant something, most likely it's not coming back the same day. You guys, really, there is a difference between being planted and being buried. The thing is, they look alike. <laughs> And we got to encourage ourselves because we drop that seed in the ground and it looks like the same as being buried. It's never coming back. They're both concealed. They're both not seen. They're both in the dirt. Where are they? (laughs) But one is planted with destiny in mind, with the future in mind, with the long lasting results in mind, with the hope that I'm putting this seed into the ground, with the hope that there's a harvest to come. And so when I sow, I sow in hope, right? That that seed that I planted is going to come back greater than it went down. It's not even going to look like what it did when I put it in the earth. That's what's so crazy, right? It's not going to even look the same as it shoots out of the ground. And so we're to sow in hope of the harvest and see the potential of the seeds that God has given us. That more is coming out than you put in. Can you be a little encouraged today? Maybe you're a little discouraged because you realize you've been sowing into the wrong harvest field, right? Or the wrong harvest. All right. But know that what you put in more is coming out. And that's the power of the seed. You always harvest more than you sow. You have to wait for it, but you get more than it comes out. And one corn of stock, if you take that and you plant it and produces ears of corns with hundreds of seeds, hundreds, just as if one life in the same way can influence hundreds, if not thousands. But we grow weary in the planting like we read in Galatians. We grow tired Because planting can be hard work. Don't faint in doing good, the scripture is telling us. Don't grow weak 
you're like, I don't want to reap a high-paying job. Well, then I have to invest into my education, my certification, my training, my internship. I have to work and go after it and sow into it. And then the harvest can come. Well, I want my kids to grow up and to be kind. I have to work. Parenting is hard work. Any parents out there? Parenting can be challenging work. I want my, par- my kids to grow up to be kind humans, hardworking humans, generous humans. In other words, then I have to engage. I have to actively be involved in their lives because parenting is not for the faint-hearted. It's not for the weak. It's realizing, hey, these deposits that I'm making today, I may not see tomorrow or next week, but I will see them. We can be weary in well-doing. We can be weary in, in planting the seed because we're disheartened because the results don't show. They don't come. They're slow to come about. And I'm here to tell you this morning, your harvest is coming. Don't give up on your seed. Some things take longer to germinate than others, and that's the reality. You can be harvesting things while still planting seed. You can be giving out, planting seed, and harvesting at the same time. But some things in the kingdom of God take longer to germinate, longer to come to fruition than other things. Don't get discouraged about that. Keep, that doesn't, we, we hold ourselves back from doing good because we're so discouraged by that. You know, talk to the elephant. If you need to talk to somebody, their gestation period is 22 months. They have to carry around in pregnancy, in, in, for 22 months, their baby. Come on, you guys. Yeah, that's like two years <laughs> waiting for that seed to germinate, to come to fruition, to come out to life. And today, maybe you're waiting for a financial harvest, a breakthrough. Maybe you're wanting something to change in a relationship, and you've been depositing into that relationship. Maybe you're looking and praying seeds into healing and restoration of your body or your emotions. Whatever it is in your heart, you're getting a little discouraged. You're getting, because you see nothing coming back and you kind of want to go, what's the point? And you want to throw in the towel and your harvest is taking longer than you've anticipated. But know this, God's word is sure. As long as the earth exists, there will be seed time and harvest. His promises are coming true. So hold on, because we read it in Galatians, in due season you will reap if you faint not. In due season, in in God's appointed season, the time that God appoints for the harvest, you're going to reap if you faint not. And, you know, we want to just balance, you know, from sow to harvest, but that's not how God does it. You can't harvest fruit out of season. You can deposit the seeds in, but then sometimes you just got to wait Oh, patience. Let patience have its perfect work, the scripture says. The P word. (laughs) Don't hold back because you don't see immediate results. Jesus even talked about different types of soil that our seed can land on. I mean, I'm not going to even open that. But he said, you don't hold back because the, the seed lands on different kinds of soil. You keep sowing. You go forth and sow. My prayer this morning is that we learn to live in the season we're in. See, this is the thing about the kingdom. If God needs to help us not to wish away the current season to be in another season. 
And I feel like as a people that are called to go from glory to glory, we wish for the next level. We wish for the next place. And God has put eternity in our hearts. We, he has put things in our heart where we go, yes, I want to move into the next season. We, we want to get out of summer and go into winter. We are, you know, or vice versa. We want to be from one place to the other and not have the enjoyment of the season that we're in. And we live in this continual place of dissatisfaction. And I feel like the Lord working in our hearts to bring us to a place of joy in the season we're in. Go forth and joy, right? We're going to go forth and so enjoy and have joy in this season, anticipating and yet there's more to come. Come on. So don't be discouraged. Understand the season you're in. Let God bring that understanding this morning that there's place and purpose within it and that you can harvest and sow at the same time. You can harvest and sow at the same time. Lastly, this morning, number three, I want us to just look at this for a few moments, but we need to sow on purpose. Sow on purpose or plant by design. How many of you woke up this morning and you're thinking, I'm going to make a difference today? <clears throat> I got one hand. <laughs> I did. I woke up this morning thinking, it's going to be a difference. I don't know if it's going to be good or bad, but I'm up here on the platform. <laughs> here I am. I'm going to make a difference today. But this is what the scripture is just reread again in Galatians 6. It's telling us you're to wake up with that plan in place. You're to wake up with that design in place saying, hey, I'm going to make a difference today. I've got plans. I've got purpose. You've already even thought about it. This is what verse 10 is telling us. It says, therefore, in light of everything we discussed about sowing and reaping, about getting that harvest, about not being weary in well-doing to keep going on, in light of all this, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to every person. Deposit seeds in every person, especially those that are of the household of faith. So it's saying, I want you to have targeted influence. I want you to sow on purpose. I want you to premeditate your actions here. I want you to think about it and go into it intentionally sowing good seeds. Hoarding and holding back and consuming is not part of God's kingdom or God's heart. I'm going to put that picture of the apple up here. We, you know, we actually have lots of, well, lots. We're down to three now. Three apple trees. They're super fruitful this year amazing, over-the-top over fruitful. But how do you know that God in creation, if you go back into the book of Genesis, he gave seed and every, everything, right? So you can keep reproducing. But if you consume this whole apple and don't take the seeds and deposit it, you won't have, or at least in the old time, you wouldn't have your next meal. I mean, people are like, oh, no, I can get the grocery store, Rachel. Well, I'm talking, you know, let's go back, all right? Take us back. So in the kingdom, the principle is the same. We're not just to consume everything that we've been given. We've got to plant our seed. We're not meant to be Christian hoarders. Although I thought it would be so fun to just fill this stage up with a whole bunch of hoarding stuff. But it's, that's another message. <laughs> 
<laughs> the worship team would be like, what are we doing? <laughs> and we're not to be hoarders of God's grace, of his love, of his mercy. And just consume it all on ourselves. It's for me. It's me, Jesus. You love me. I have it. I have it. I have it. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. No, what God gives you is just to freely give away. Plant the seed in somebody else. Take what he's given you and put it in someone else. Don't just hold on. But I take it back and I sow it into somebody else. I, I know, like, I remember this. I was just thinking about this when I was preparing. But we had a, um, a tax return come one time. It wasn't just one time, but we've, we've had <laughs> over the years, you know, it's like the scripture says, you, you know, cast your bread upon many waters in many days. It, you know, you don't know what it will return. It may return to you. Hey, it returned. I was like, yes. You know, it's always lovely to get a check back from the IRS. Oh, yes. As I received that check into my hands because it was coming through the mails before they had digital, you know, deposits, you know, electronic deposits. And I was like, I knew the moment I opened the check, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, this is not for you. <laughs> okay, because usually I'm like, I'd like to use that extra that we give to the IRS in the, in the hopes that it will return someday that for a little bit of a saving, you know, like a little bit of a, or, you know, a margin in our lives, you know, a little, a little extra just in case we do, you know, like come back to mama, you know, come back. And so, but the Holy Spirit's like, Rachel, this is not for your consumption. And, he, and the Holy Spirit told me exactly who to give it to. And I, I ran out, of course, by Caleb. I didn't just go do it. I was like, this, you know, our marriage, I feel like this is the amount we are to give this couple in our church and, and we're to do this. And so go ahead. And I, I go, he said, go for it. He's always so great. And, and go for it. So I write this check and I hand it to this couple. And, and they say to me, Rachel, you don't know this, but we've been praying. We've been asking God. We don't have our money to, to pay the bills for the next month. And this is the exact amount. This is the exact amount that we need to pay our bills. And that's not me, that's the Holy Spirit. Because it wasn't for my consumption. The seed needs to go into somebody else. The seed needs to be deposited into somebody else. What miracles will we see take place as we begin to sow into this world, into each other? What miracles will begin to happen? You'll hear more testimonies. It says, do good to all people. Plant good seed everywhere you go. All people, especially to those that believe. I love what Donnie Moore had said. He said, don't just do things for a witness. Do it because you're kind. I, I bring that up in light of the scripture because it says, do good to all men, especially to those of the household of faith. I feel like we will do things to all men Non-believers will do good things to show for a witness, but when it comes to the household of faith, we withhold that goodness, that kindness. Oh, they don't need that. They already are loved by Jesus. <laughs> but it says, especially those that are the household of faith. What are you releasing to others? What are you planting by design? What did you get up with today and go, Holy Spirit, help me to drop seed in this earth, in this world that will re reap a harvest? Yeah. <sighs> we need to check ourselves, you guys, before we post ourselves. <laughs> you don't get anything on my message. Just take that one home. <laughs> What are you depositing into every other people's thoughts? 12,000 to 60,000 thoughts a day, you know, according to the National Science Research, that we have a, a day. What are you depositing in other people's thoughts in their, in their thought stream? Imagine hundreds, even thousands of thoughts, of words, of actions that could be influencing our community. 
Imagine with me just for a moment what it would look like if a hundred people from this service said, I will be intentional about the seeds that I deposit every day. I will be a life contributor. I'm at new life, what can I say? I will be a peace releaser. I will be a miracle worker. I will be a faith giver, a hope depositor, a kind benefactor, a joy provider. I'm going to deposit seeds. I'm going to go and I'm going to take my bag. You better believe I'm going around with my bag and I got, I got some seed to carry around. Sometimes it feels a little bit like a burden. Actually, my seeds are really light. Seeds are small. <laughs> but I got a lot of seed. It's like, whoo, what do I have in here today? I have stuff that I can deposit in people. Woo, affection. What an overlooked seed. And I come up, and it's like, hey, he puts his hand out. Stand up, baby. Stand up, baby. Come on, baby. And I deposit some affection in my spouse. And I know that's going to come back to me, right? You better believe it. It's going to come back. Oh, there's my son back there. I can give him some affection and kisses before he goes off to college. But I don't just have that seed. I have the seed of faith, right? I mean, I have so many seeds. And I go, oh my gosh, Rick, what God has done in you has been amazing, but it's just the beginning. He that started the work in you, he's going to complete it. Take that and just be encouraged today and know that he's going to keep his work going. Your best days are ahead of you, Rick. Oh, I have so many seeds. Wait, <laughs> got to dig for them. Oh, seed of money, often overlooked, misused. You're like, there's hands going up for this one. But here you go. I actually don't have any cash on me this morning, but I do have a debit card. So you can go to the coffee bar and buy whatever you want, and I'll pay for it. Put on my account. I'm going to deposit a seed into her, right? Oh, kindness. Oh, seed of kindness. Something so simple. Something just, again, overlooked in our generation just to be kind to people. Oh, no, you can go first. While you're driving? Oh. <laughs> but some simple words like, girl, your outfit is on point today. You're looking good. Like, those are just kind words that I'm going to seed those positive things into her life. All right, I got one more seed to do. You guys, I could go all day with this. What do I have? Hope. The seed of hope. It's so good. Oh, Kristen, I see you back there. Your parents. Oh, you guys need some hope. I know, Mike. I know. What you're doing with your ministry to moms in the making is powerful, and you're going to touch and encourage lives. I'm just letting you know that. Hope. So we got to have all these seeds that you guys, we carry around that we need to deposit. What are you going to deposit today? What are you going to release? What are you going to invest in this world today? Don't worry, wait for the perfect timing. Sometimes when you want to sit back and go, wait, I don't, I'm not really sure where to drop the seed. I'm not really sure who to give it to. I mean, I could have given those to anyone today, Right? Ecclesiastes tells us this. Stay with me just a little longer. It says in Ecclesiastes 11.4, He who observes the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. What does that mean? He who observes the wind will not sow. He who regards the clouds will not reap. It's not just laying on your lounge chair looking at the clouds trying to decipher what animals are up there. No. What it is, is saying is, is a farmer can get so focused on the conditions being exactly right that they fail to work the harvest field. They get so focused on where and when to sow, and they end up with a smaller harvest. 
So you guys, don't get caught up. I'm not really sure where. I'm not sure, really sure when. I'm not really sure if this is good ground, if this will come back to me. Just sow some seed. Let's just make a commitment to go around and deposit seed in the earth. You know, think about my, in college, when I was growing up here and I was living over in, in San Moran and went home uh, for the day and they're having a big party next door. And, you know, I was dating Caleb. I, well, maybe I wasn't dating him yet. But, um, I think I was dating, but I'm not sure. Um, anyway, there's a big party of um, college students, and one of the guys come out with his, you know, red cup, and he's like, hey, you want to come over to you know, the party? And, um, and, you know, he's nice looking and everything, but I'm like, I've been there, done that. I'm like, I'm a man of God, you know, like, <laughs> I'm like, it's, you know, he's totally, he's drunk, and, and I just was very kind, though, still. You don't have to be rude, hello. And so I was just very kind still, and just, oh, thank you so much for the invite, you know, I think I'm, I'm good, maybe I'll see you later, you know, kind of thing. So uh, go up to college, or, uh, I mean, Santa Rosa JC, I'm enrolled in a class there, I sit down in my uh, desk, and a guy turns to me, and he's like, you're that girl. I'm like, yep, I'm that girl that you wanted to come to the party, you know. And so we had this conversation and we begin to talk about God and begin to talk about how he wants a relationship with him and all this, all this stuff. And, and, you know, and then classes go by, you know, so many months and that season of that class is over behind. But there's a seed deposited that I've forgotten about until five years later, I'm at the gym, same exact words at the gym, you're that girl. I'm like, yes, I am. Here I am again. Third time. And he says to me, he says, I've thought about the words you spoke to me ever since that every night when I go to bed, I would think about the words. Do you think God will give me another chance? The seed was in the earth. No, I didn't see it. But I didn't wait for like, oh, this is such a prime opportunity talking to a drunk person. No, like, <laughs> you don't wait till the clouds are all aligned and there's no wind and, you know, everything's together. Just start throwing the seed out. <laughs> if you don't know what to do or what to sow, sow love. Love fulfills everything. Say something in love. Do something that shows love. Use the five languages love. Give something that communicates love. Do, go spend time with people that need love. Hint, hint, everybody. <laughs> Help somebody. Hug somebody. Oh, we've gotten a little bit weird on our affection in the church. You know, back to kiss each other with a holy kiss. Come on, like, unless you're really weird, please don't hug me. But hug somebody. Give some people some love. <laughs> Maybe our next move of God hinges on this, that we are sowing what we're meant to sow. Sowing seeds of prayer. Sowing seeds of influence. Seeds of connection. Sowing into the miraculous. Let's go ahead and ask the worship team to come as we close this morning. You guys can rise to your feet today. I want you to still take, if you have those notes in your hand, because I want us to do something a little different in the response time. I want us to think about sowing what matters, these points. Our harvest is coming, that we're not supposed to stop, and we're to sow on purpose. And in that, I want to ask the Holy Spirit, hey, what kind of harvest, God, are we looking for? And how do I need to invest? I want to sow by design. I want to sow with you in mind, God. I, I want you to help me with the what, with the where, and to whom. And I, I want to challenge us for the next 30 days. You can give yourself for 30 days. 30 days to challenge yourself and say, God, I'm going to intentionally go out and I'm going to sow good. You said to all people, you didn't say to those that are nice to me. You didn't say to those only in the church. 
you said to all people, God, I'm gonna intentionally go out and I'm gonna sow good into this land, into this region. And we may not see the results for years, you guys, but believe me, a harvest will come out of this 30 days. Believe me, God will do miracles out of this 30 days. He'll do incredible things. Just go ahead and play, you guys. Let's go ahead and go to prayer. Lord, we thank you for creating seasons, that you are the God of seasons. And I pray that you would give us direction in our hearts today. You would, you would speak to us where we need adjustment. Holy Spirit, where there's been conviction this morning, where we've been sowing into the things that lead to corruption, that you would help us to amend our ways and to change our ways. And you'd redirect us to depositing the things that lead to life everlasting. Lord, I pray that this word would be truly sealed in our hearts, that it wouldn't just go down and be forgotten, but that you would help us to live it. Help us to be doers of your word and not hearers only. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would bring reminders this week, the next and the one following and and the fourth week from then. You would bring reminders that we are to be sowing good, that we are to be depositors of your life, and that you would help us to practically walk into this. In your name we pray. Amen.